So today's episode is going to cause you to reflect. You are going to have to reflect on who you really are and what you really want to do with your life. Welcome back to Be A Better Baddie. My name is Quanisha and I am your host. Welcome back to your favorite podcast, your mom's favorite podcast, your dad's favorite podcast, and everyone else around you's favorite podcast. Be A Better Baddie. Um, I am excited about today. I'm excited about every, I'm not, I'm gonna stop saying that because I'm always excited about everything. Every episode I record because like, why would I do it if I wasn't excited about it? But regardless of that, today I am feeling a little, I don't know, I want to say congested and I feel congested, like my body feels congested and like my nasal passage as well. So I definitely, I did some stretching, but I think I need to do like a full-blown workout maybe that's what I think my body's asking me to do but welcome to your one and only podcast for you to gain all the tools you need to become a more self-aware baddie so like I said this episode today is a this one was good okay so before we really jump into the nitty-gritty I want to just pause and have you think about this question so you pause me you can think about this, you can write it down, whatever you want to do, right? To actually think about the question. I ask that you do this. Okay. The question is, what is preventing you from achieving your goals? Okay. So I want you to pause me right now. Think about everything that is achieving you from right, achieving your goals, write it down, think about it, whatever. Pause me now. I'm waiting on you to pause me if you haven't paused me yet. Okay, so now you're back. You wrote down everything and I am willing to bet all of you $100. You can send me a DM if I was wrong, but I'm willing to bet you all $100 that the majority of your problems or the things that are hindering you lead back to you. I'm willing to bet that you can actually fix these problems And I am willing to bet that when you fix them, this will greatly impact your circumstances, improve, I'm sorry, your circumstances. Okay. I am more than willing to actually say that you are the problem right now. Now you can take this any kind of way you want, but I'm willing to say that. I'm also going to go out on a limb and say that because you aren't doing anything about this, it's that you're afraid of success. Some of you are shaking your head right now. You're saying, nope, not me. I'm not afraid of success. Bring it on. But but baby girl, you are. And I'm going to challenge you to not think of success as just the end product of what your goal is. So not the glitz and glamour of what you see. I want you to think of success as also the process of getting there. The, the work you have to put in, right? So many of us desperately want to elevate to the next level, but we don't want to do the work to make it happen. There's this bodybuilder when I was heavy into (laughs) my weightlifting, um, C.T. Fletcher. I love C.T. Fletcher. I used to listen to him all the time during my workout. Like I would just mix him in with music and I still will listen to him now because it's, it's the truth. Like you are the only thing of getting in the way, but just a few things like one of the biggest things he would always say is everybody wants to be a bodybuilder but nobody wants to pick up heavy weights 
And it's true. Everybody wanted to look big, look strong, um, feel strong, get the attention of being a bodybuilder, but they actually didn't want to pick up the heavy weights that it took to be a bodybuilder, right? And then I took that and I adopted it. Like, you know, everybody wants to be an Instagram model, but nobody wants to face the sun. You got to face the sun if you want to get the good light. That's just what it is, right? So everybody wants the success, but nobody wants to do the work it it takes to get there. I highly recommend you listen to some C.T. Fletcher, like, for anything. Like, I'm not listening to him after this. He just, he's the guy. Um... So we're afraid to adopt that new mindset. We're afraid to spend our time differently. We're afraid to join a new group. We're afraid to basically walk the new walk and talk the new talk. I, I, are you nodding your head now? Are you agreeing with me, right? So the fear of you actually achieving your dreams is just rooted in the process of becoming this more elevated version of yourself. Now... Some of you actually want to play the victim. Some of you are going to say, it's not my fault that I can't do this. It's my mom's fault because she never put me into ballet class. So I can never be a dancer now because I didn't take ballet as a child. Cool. That's true. You did not take ballet as a child. And another thing I like to say, it's not your fault, but it's your problem. Your mom didn't put you in ballet as a child. That was not your fault. But now you want to be a ballerina. That's your problem now. You can easily, easily become a ballerina. And it just takes the discipline, right? The willpower, the wanting to do so. Even if you can't pay for ballet classes, baby, you can you can go to YouTube. I always say, there's YouTube. You are, you're saying you don't want to do it. So you may want to say that it's easier to just blame the problems on the people around you, your past, but really it's your limiting mindset. It's the mindset that you've developed that you can really blame it on. That's just what it is. I've been in the way I've been in my way multiple times. And as I record this, I don't want to make it seem like I am higher than thou and I am never getting in my way. All these things that I say to you guys are things that I've said to myself and I thought about and I processed. I still get in my own way sometimes. I'm ready to be a full-time podcaster, content creator, life coach, speaker, author, curator, event planner, all the things. I'm ready to I'm ready to do it now. But I can honestly say I haven't put forth all my effort just yet. I haven't. I can say that I get in my own way. So We are going to talk about today how to get out of your own way. But before we get there, let's hear a message from our sponsor. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, then you know I have a passion for self-development and teaching women how to elevate and value themselves. If you're ready to take the next step in your life and you need some extra help with systems, tools, shifting your mindset, accountability, or anything else, then you need to sign up for a free life coaching consultation with me. In this consultation, we'll talk through some of your goals, how to get there, and how to stay on track. If you end up liking the process and we mesh well, we'll move forward. Just go to beabetterbaddy.com forward slash consultation or just click the link in the show notes. So I am done with the tough love. um, And now let's get to the encouragement and the action plan 
per se. So I have five steps to basically help you take control of your life and stop making excuses and playing the victim. So number one, if you're feeling unsure about your action plan, it helps to study people that are doing what you want to do. So there's not a day that goes by when I'm not stalking a podcaster that has similar content to mine. I'm not stalking a life coach's LinkedIn to see what certification she has or looking to see what's trending on social media because those are all the things that I want to do, right? I'm looking to see what the people who are successful in the field that I want to be successful in have done and what they're doing. Your journey is going to be a combination of like your unique, unique, unique spice and some sort of blueprint. There's always some sort of blueprint that you need to follow to get to where you want to be. The purpose of looking at other people's journeys is to get a clue on the direction that you should be headed in confirm the current plan that you have or to get some ideas the purpose is not to copy someone else because if you copy someone else it's not going to be authentic to you and it won't happen once you see what other people have done or they're doing one of two things can happen okay one or two things and honestly the perspective is up to you remember that the perspective is up to you so after you do all this research and you're like, mm, okay, okay, okay. You can either, you can one, feel like the dream, your dream is attainable and now you see what you have to do to get there. Or two, you can feel defeated because of all the things that you need to do. It's up to you, okay? That always helps me and that's the first thing. The second thing I would do after that is write down every single thing I need to achieve my goal. So after that, I've looked at it. I'm assuming I feel confirmed in the direction I'm going in. And I, I feel like this is doable, right? So then a brainstorming session is necessary. You need to brain dump everything, every possibility, every, any, everything that you feel like could be the next step for you. What I think is most important to remember while you're in your brainstorming session is to not assign any value to any idea that you write down until the end. You don't want to kill the creativity. You don't want to kill your spark. You don't want to kill your curiosity. You don't want to bring your conscious into it at all, right? So you're writing down everything and anything. If you stop and say, oh, this is a really good idea, or you, you think something's a good idea, it is going to interrupt your flow, and then you're going to try to think of ideas that are similar to that. Conversely, if you stop and think, Mm, this idea is stupid you may stump yourself start doubting yourself and then get out of the brain dumping process you may even want to go back to doing research because you're like mm, well this person didn't do that why should I do it or this person did and they did this and this is what I want you don't want to you want to take your conscious brain out of it like you literally just want to write down everything I would also say put a time limit on your brainstorming session you can only be creative for so long. And I think it also has to do with like, think I don't, I think all of us has a little procrastinator in us. I'm not a big procrastinator, but sometimes we get our best work done at the last minute because we're pressured. You have to be done with it at this point. So if you put a time limit on it, then you're going to have to finish and you're going to have to put forth your best effort because there's no going back. So number three, excuse me is actually from a new book that I just read. And I'm going to say this is one of the biggest game changers for me. I have an affiliate link linked in 
the show notes and in my blog post if you want to go read this whole thing and go look at all the other resources because I remember I always link all my sources. So the biggest game changer for me was to think of my year in terms of 12 weeks. So step number three is to create a 12-week plan. Because as I was reading the book, it was like, because first of all, think about it. What is time, right? Not, and not only that, we don't always need 12 months to achieve our goals. It always goes the same, the, the, the new year's resolutions, the new year's goals, the vision party, like, and I, y'all know I have a, I, I love a good vision board. I love a good goal setting session, but I think the framing of it all was wrong for me. And now that I've started 12 week, 12 week years, child, please, you can't tell me nothing. So I pulled some statistics about new year's resolutions because they don't always go through, right? So of those who make new year's resolutions after one week, 75% are still successful in keeping it. After two weeks, the number drops down to 71%. After one month, the number drops again to 64%. And after six months, 46% of the people who make a resolution are still successful in keeping it. I had no idea that these stats were like this because for me, I think I usually, January, of course, I'm pumped, right? February, I'm still kind of pumped. March, I'm still pumped too. I think it's when it's always like Mayish, Juneish for me when I get thrown off, and it's mainly because that's my birthday. Like May, I'm starting to think about my birthday, and then June is my birthday. I think that's why it happens for me like that. So the idea of the twelve week year again, it comes from the twelve week year. You can just Google that. I have it linked in the show notes too. And baby, once I started reading this book. I I was mind blown, right? I'm still in the process. I'm still in the middle of my year right now, but I notice immediate changes in my goal setting process because there's a greater sense of urgency to achieve my goals. Usually we're motivated by deadlines. And right now, instead of my deadline to achieve my goal being 10 months away, it's now 10 weeks away, okay? And it's different than, I think, quarterly. That's the word. So it's different than, like, quarterly goal setting because quarterly goal setting is typically, like, you hit this milestone, you hit this milestone, you hit this milestone because at the end of the year you want to get this. This is more so in 12 weeks, I need to have this done. My milestone is is different, right? So the timing is even different, the way you think about your time. So if a year is 12 weeks, one month is going to be equivalent to a week. Did I say that the right way? Yeah. One month is equivalent to one week and one week is equivalent to one day. So that really like, like time is precious and time needs to be spent efficiently, right? If I said I'm going to do this, like I need to do it. So in the beginning, and I can talk briefly through how to do it. I'm going to talk briefly through how to do it. But again, if you want more detail, I do suggest you read the book or you can reach out to me. So in the beginning, you want to write down two to three goals that you want to work on over the next 12 weeks after that. And you don't want more than honestly, three is too much because like, I just say two really, 
because you are really dedicating the next 12 weeks to achieving these things. After that, you're going to write down the daily actions that you need to take to achieve that goal, the milestones you need to hit and everything else. After that, you're going to map it out. There are templates for this everywhere. Um, I honestly printed something out. I like to print things and write on them. I'm not too much of the, the electronic planner, but I just found a nice little worksheet and I've been working from that. I'll probably make my own eventually once I go through the process and figure out what I want to write down and et cetera. And then I'll let you guys know when I do make that. All right. So 12 week years, do it. Number four is change your surroundings. Again, how you interpret this one is up to you. Take whatever you need and apply it. When I wrote this down, I thought, thought about two things. This could mean the people you're surrounding yourself with or your actual environment. Okay, so I'll talk about both of them because I feel like both of them are very important. So we've all heard the saying that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, something like that. And I agree with this statement to a certain extent, right? Because whoever you hang around with, you will more than likely have similar mindsets or adopt similar mindsets and you'll probably take on certain habits. But I think it also ignores our individuality and our own consciousness. Sometimes I hang out with people and I'm like, mm, I'm way different from you. I never do that. And I just leave it at that. You know, it's more so. Okay. So I think this is true for some people. Like literally they are the average of the five people they hang out with and they take on other people's, you know, way of being, but I don't think that's for everybody. But if your core group, back to this, if your core group were a group of drug addicts or hairstylists, You'd pick up some of those habits. Ideally, I think it's best to surround yourself with the people that had admirable traits because that would encourage you to mirror those traits that you admire. Okay. If I love someone's dedication to the gym, I know that that's something I value in my life. I value working out, like being active and stuff like that. Like that's a person that I want to be around because I know they're always going to want to do things and actions that align with living a healthy lifestyle. Makes sense? Beautiful. Now, I know that this says change your surroundings. That implies get new friends, right? I know that it's very hard to make new friends as an adult, but this isn't about making friends per se. I think it's just choosing who you spend your time with. And there are so many ways to change who you spend most of your time with. I think most of us spend most of our time at work, right? Okay. So with that, you're just thinking about like who you spend time with at work. What do you talk about at work with them? And I mean, there are other ways to go into this, but just generally speaking, like, that's the one way to think about it. Think about where you already spend most of your time and how to shift that. Okay. It's a small shift, but I promise you it works wonders. Now, the other interpretation is from, is rearranging your physical space. 
this one, I'm like, yes. Whenever I'm in a funk, I'll move my furniture around. I'll get rid of some stuff. I'll redecorate a bit. Like, I will change my surroundings up in a quick, fast, in a hurry. And I found this this article from Psychology Today that I feel like basically sums this up pretty well. And think about it. It's feng shui. Like, there is a whole field out there that's all about arranging your furniture to make sure you feel good. Um, But the quote from Psychology Today says... an impact on the environment whether an imprint or removal lifts mood provides concrete satisfaction and instills a sense of effectiveness inner and outer harmony happens when pieces are placed in a way that makes sense for you think about feng shui what feng shui decorating means is that you create an environment that has the best energy to support the specific activity or activities intended for that space Okay. That makes so much sense. Like sometimes when I feel like "Mm, I need somewhere to read, like I've, I've found multiple reading places because in my house, right. I've, I've rearranged things to find reading spaces and I've made it so that I can read there. Right. So changing the blanket on one of my chairs, like that, that, that changes everything. It gives me enough encouragement to say, this is my new reading area. This is where I'm going to go. After I do that, after I make those small changes, after I get a new picture to hang on the wall or anything, like very small changes, or sometimes I will rearrange my whole room, right? I feel so much better and I'm ready to carry on with my action plan. So change your environment. The last one that I will talk about today is quieting your inner critic. Every single one of you and me has an inner critic, right? That inner critic is that voice inside of us and it's the voice that triggers self-doubt. It judges you. It demeans your efforts. Ultimately, Miss inner critic negatively impacts your self-esteem. And because we are humans, we pay more attention to the negativity because we have a bias to do so. So we essentially want to quiet down this nagging, loud voice in our head because Miss Miss Inner Critic is a very loud voice. We hear her and we're like, mm, you know what? You may be onto something, but it's not onto something. So I found this really great exercise that has really helped me quiet Miss Inner Critic. So think about the person in your life or a person you've met before, a person you know, that makes everybody rolls their, every, whenever they start talking, everybody's rolling their eyes because nothing they say makes sense. Like everything about them is annoying. It, it seems like they're just trying to get under your skin and they don't have your best interest at heart. Think about that person. Or if you don't have a person like that or ever met a person like that, just create one. What does that person look like? I'm giving you time to think. So that person right there is your inner critic. And what we're going to do is challenge that inner critic with two things. You always want to make sure you come with the facts and compassion for yourself. So 
just to give an example, my inner critic comes into play when I'm preparing a big project or I'm leading a project, right? My inner critic starts to say, no one's going to see the value in this. You see how she sounds? No one's going to see the value in this. You're going to sound so stupid in front of everybody. Or maybe you should just make this a one-on-one -on -one thing instead of saying it in front of everybody. So when I hear her, I'm like, I fir first I hear her and I'm like, you, you probably have some valid points and that's good. But what you're not going to do is make me feel bad. So first thing I do is comment myself with some self-compassion, right? I tell myself, I know I'm doing the best I can and I know I'm coming from a good place. That's always the first thing. I know I am. So Miss Inner Critic, like, did you acknowledge that first? She acknowledges that? Cool. We can move on. After I clarify my intentions with myself, then I come in with the facts. And the way I do this is by backing up everything I was going to include in the project with facts. Like there's a reason to this. Now, recently I've been questioning <laughs> if I'm doing this because I'm a woman and I feel the need to validate my leadership, but that's another conversation. Nonetheless, it's still linked to Miss Inner Critic. So I come with the facts that this is why this is relevant, right? This is how this links to my work and our work. When you come with facts, and I've said this before, you cannot dispute a fact. Two plus two is always four. You cannot show me otherwise. Make Miss Inner Critic show her two plus two is four. There's no reason to feel this way, right? So I'm going to wrap it up here. Now you have five ways to get out of your own way. These are some great action steps. You don't have to do all of these, but I suggest you do at least two, two at least to start on getting on your way, right? Everything in this article and every resource I discussed will be linked in the blog post and some of it will be linked in the show notes. But one last word before I leave you today, one last word, and I want you to think about it. Remember I said we're thinking, are you living the life you chose or living the life that chose you? Bye. <laughs>